Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing Chapter 11, Viswarupa Darshan, Yoga of Cosmic Form. So, so far, we have learned in Bhagavad Gita that quest in life is to get happiness. But right now, my life is divided into two quests. Sukha Pravrittim, Dukha Nivrittim. My life is divided into engaging in to find happiness and avoiding unhappiness. So Bhagavan taught us that that is because you are identifying with this limited equipment and trying to find unlimited happiness. I want happiness, but not for a limited time. I want happiness forever. I want unlimited happiness through my limited equipment and therefore we are failing. So Bhagavan said, first thing you have to do is to start learning how to detach from this limited equipment. So we had been given tools to do that in the first few chapters, and the single most effective tool given to us was act in the spirit of yajna, karma yoga. Act for the greater good. Think about everything you do, that not only you, but someone else is also benefiting. Greater the number of people get benefit from your actions, nobler that action is. So my gauge should be when I do anything in life, Bhagavan said, is to gauge whether my actions are for the greater good. That's the way to get rid of attachment to your ego, Bhagavan. So for that, he said, once you practice this karma yoga and purify your mind and intellect, to a point where we start seeing things as they are. Right now, my world is colored by my own vasanas and desires. So everybody says it's a good day, but if I'm not in a good mood, I say, well, what do you mean it's a good day? It's like somebody asks somebody that, I never had a pleasure of meeting your wife. And the guy said, how do you know it's a pleasure? <laughs> because he sees from his perspective, it's not pleasure for him. So I see my world colored through my eyes, colored through my desires and vasanas. Bhagavan said, you need to rise above that. Only way you can rise above that is by acting in the spirit of yajna. Then my actions should benefit not only me, but others. So in our professional ethics, we learned that, that not only that you're working for your employer, so that while I'm working for my employer or my client, that I should not see only his benefit, but the benefit of the society. So one of the tests we have when we take a new license, there's a question. I said, if your client says that it's in his benefit to avoid the code compliance, would you as architect will do that because he's a very important client and that's a very important commission for you? Obviously, the answer is no. You can't do it. If it is not in the greater good, then it is not a good action. So Bhagavan said, follow that rule. Keep that in mind that every action you should judge by how many people get benefit of your action. So that's karma yoga. There is a, once you purify your mind and intellect 
through this constant reflection on what I'm doing, then do dhyana yoga. Then reflect upon who that is really acting. Are you as the body acting, your mind acting, intellect acting, or something else is enabling you to act? So we went to the dhyana yoga in chapter 6. And then Bhagwan gave his identity. What is the nature and the relationship of my limited being to that great self, which is all pervading, omniscient, omnipotent. We learned that just as in a necklace, the beads are strung into a string which is common. You see, everything in this universe is strung into me, the self. Therefore, I can consider myself to be an island by myself. My actions can never be independent. Our culture says there is no independent thinking, there is no original thought. My thought is always governed by some other's thought, somebody else's thought, which I am now leveraging on. Science, you leverage on what the other people have done before, but right now my ego says that I am the one who is doing it. The Bhagavan said, now if you understand this, that my nature is, I am the source of all beings, and I am the doer of all things, all actions. And you are just a nimitta matra. You focus on that, you will be able to detach yourself from this limited being, which is the cause of your unhappiness. So to do that, Bhagwan gave many, many examples and said, you start with something simple. Something simple as seeing me in everything. See one in many. The world of plurality will not go away for me or from me, just because I have learned Bhagavad Gita. So therefore he says, start with seeing commonality in all things and beings. If we meet somebody new, first thing we want to try to find out what is common among us. You know? More common things we find, more we identify with each other. You're going in a bus and say, where are you from? I said, I'm from India. So I'm also from India. There's a rare in India, so is it from Surat? Right up there. Hmm? My first client in hotel business, I tell this story all the time. He called me up and said, we want to design a hotel. And it's a small hotel. So I said, what's the name of the hotel? It's a microtel. I said, what do you mean micro? I understand it's a microtel. Micro means small. But what's the name of your hotel? It's a microtel. I did not know there's a franchise called microtel. So I said, anyway, now in those days, I was only designing large you know, mega hotels. I never done, but I was out of desperation. I wanted to find something. So I go down there in Charlottesville, met the client, and we went to the site. While we were going to the site, he's asking me, and I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Gujarat, obviously. We're in Gujarat, I'm Surat. He said, oh, we are from Randir, which is the other side of the river. He said, yeah, my parents actually, my father came from Randir. Oh, is that so? My father might know your father. So I go and met his, his father, and first thing he asked is, so, so, are you from Randhir? I said, yeah. I said, then you are my architect. No qualifications needed. He didn't even ask me whether I ever designed a small hotel in my life. That's how I started designing smaller hotels. And now, that's the biggest portfolio I have. So, we find commonality. The Bhagavan said, you find common things and common attributes and everything you see in your world of plurality. They say, one thing you will find common the consciousness in them, 
is the same consciousness you have. And therefore, as we have discussed last time, in order called Namahate, I bow down to that supreme in you, which also enables me to do what I am today. So Bhagavan said, you start with that, and you will be able to overcome that. Arjuna said, I've learned all of that good enough, but I want to see your swarup in totality. So in this chapter, we have learned that what happens when you remove the concept of space and time from your perception. So now every head is his, every arm is, every foot, every leg is his. So he becomes the one with many mouths and many hands and many stomachs. That's the vision Arjuna had. He sees that supreme being as one with many mouths and many hands and many stomachs. And then obviously he says, I'm seeing wonderful things, but at the end he said, I'm also seeing some terrible things happening. That it seems like that everyone is helplessly rushing towards their own destruction. When I really look at this world, from that time machine, which is running very fast, it almost looks like that we are doing nothing but rushing towards our own destruction. From the day I was born, till my death I had done nothing but rushing towards my destruction. But Arjuna says, I see that you are not destroying them. You as the supreme being is not destroying. They themselves are, their own motivation rushing towards you to get destroyed. In other words, everything in a being is inherently rushing towards its own source, where they came from. Just as water seeks its own level, every being is knowingly or unknowingly by getting somebody's help or not getting help is rushing towards its own source and his own source or her own source. Arjuna says, I see that. Just that the river water rushes towards the ocean, which is the source of that water, I see every being is rushing towards your mouth to get destroyed in your mouth. So, I now see some terrible things happening. People are afraid of you. They are getting crushed in your mouth. And you seem to be enjoying all that. I wanted to see your swarup, which I had envisioned. I have preconceived idea of what Bhagwan is all about. I always wanted to see Bhagwan's darshan. Everybody says, Mane Bhagwan na darshan thaya. Kale Hanmanji aayata ratre swapna That I think that Hanmanji as I have conceived, and what I have seen in the temple, that's how I saw Hanmanji. But he said, no, I am not seeing that. I have conceived what Bhagwan should look like. That when I see your total Swarupa, it will be calm and serene and everything nice and good and divine. But I don't see that. I'm now terrified. I can't even find my own bearings just looking at your total Swarup. It is so destructive. That almost everything is getting destroyed in you. So I'm now confused. Who are you? I wanted so Bhagwan. I'm seeing something which is very terrible. So, who are you and what's the purpose of this thing? If everything is just going to get destroyed anyway, what is the purpose of doing it? One of my friends had his younger brother coming from India. And obviously in any family, the youngest gets 
the privilege of mowing the yard. So this guy apparently had to mow the yard every week. And he said, I developed such a hatred for green color. He said, I don't understand what is the purpose of this thing. He said, you mow the yard, then, you know, water the lawn, put fertilizer, let them grow, and mow again. (laughs) By the time I'm done with my week, the grass is already grown. He said, why don't you buy that artificial turf? and put it in front of you. It will be always be like that. So you say, I don't understand it. I'll never stay where there's a the green color anymore. <laughs> so when we look at it from that perspective, there, there is no meaning. Dunya banane wale kya tere man mein. What is the purpose? If this is what we are going to go through. Arjuna says the same thing. I don't know what your purpose is and what are you up to. So then Bhagavan said that kalaha asmi. I am that world-destroying time. What you are seeing now, the perspective you have currently is a narrow perspective. You are only seeing me in a narrow perspective while I am destroying the world as it is. Kalaha asmi. And lokakshakritam pravruddhaha. I am engaged in destroying this world. And therefore, you do not worry. Addressing directly to Arjuna, he said, you do not worry. I have killed all of them. He didn't say that I killed them in this battle. Arjuna took it from himself that he killed in his battle. But Arjuna also said, I see these guys rushing towards your mouth. All these Dhritarashtra Putras, all the Maharathis, and all of them are just rushing towards your mouth to get destroyed. And Bhagavan said, I have already killed them. From Kala's point of view, we are all killed. It's only when. It's only when in reference to our own lifetime we will say, he's ahead of me or he's behind me. So Bhagavan said, I am the one who do everything and destroys everything and creates everything. You just take the credit. You are doing everything, but everybody thinks I am doing it. So, Bhagavan said that I am doing everything, you just take the credit. So now Arjuna realized the insignificance of his being, that what he is capable of doing. Sanjaya said that he was trembling and he fell down at his feet. He said, now I understood who you are. I finally got the sense what Bhagavan is all about. So Swamiji says that this verse is from 37 onward is the greatest universal prayer ever written in any religious literature. It describes the Supreme in its essence. So we have seen verse 38 last time. It says, Tvam Adi Devaha. After this reason, I learned to see one in many before. Now I have also seen many in one. Now I have also seen the whole process of People coming into being, and as soon as they come into being, they're rushing towards their own destruction. Creation, as soon as it is created, is working towards its own destruction. It says, Tvam Adi Deva, only thing which is permanent is you, therefore you are the primal God. Before anything was created, we have learned in our Vedantic argument that. When God created this universe, 
the only material available to him was his own self. Therefore, he is preceding this universe. He is the Adi Deva. Without him, the world cannot have come into existence. So, Tom Adi Deva. Purushaha Puranaha. You are the ancient Purusha. Purana not means very old, you know, dilapidated. Purana means anything that I can think of as existence, you existed before that. Therefore, you are Puranaha Purushaha. You are that unmanifest being who precedes all the manifestations. Tvam asya visvasya param nidhanam. This my world, which I am experiencing, you are the abode of that universe. Not only the universe which I can physically identify as the world, but my universe, my world, which is my ideas, my emotions, my thoughts, my experiences, all of them are residing in my consciousness. As long as I'm conscious, I'll be perceiving feelings and thinking thoughts and doing things. When conscious is not identified with this equipment, there will not be no world of mind. So therefore he said, Tom asya visvasya param nidhanam. You are the greatest abode of this world. Vetta asi Vedyam cha param cha dhama. Vetta, you are the knower. I thought all this time that I know things. I came to know that it is my conscious, my awareness is knowing things. So when I say my world of knowing is my consciousness, your world of knowing is your consciousness, her world of knowing is her consciousness, its world is knower, its consciousness in, a, in any creature. And if you put all that together, consciousness is only one. He is the knower. The consciousness is the knower. You are the knower. You is the supreme consciousness. Is the knower of everything that is known. And I, I heard somewhere there was an experiment on 100 monkeys on a different islands. And they were wrapping the mud, smeared with mud potatoes. So monkeys won't eat it because it's mud there. Then finally one of them figures out that if I dip this in water and get the mud out, potato will be eatable. He started doing it, everybody else doing it. So now they were scattered on many different islands. So this scientist called each other and said, we found that one of them figured out. He said, here also one of them figured out. Here also one of them figured out. They found out that at the same time on different islands, different monkeys figured out how to was potato. Consciousness, they say the subconscious is the same, is connected. Therefore, sometimes there is argument about who flew the plane first. And I never knew, I always thought it is given, it's right, brothers, right? Well, did you see the last Olympics? The Brazil or what? They said, well, they were the first one. Then there was the Indian movie made. They said, no, 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 in Mumbai there was somebody who was the first one to fly. It is possible that they all did it at the same time. So Bhagavan said, Arjuna said, Vittasi, you are the knower of all that is to be known. Vedyamcha. And also you are the everything to be known. Everything that I know, everything that you know, everything what he knows, everything she knows, is all part of this world. This world is nothing but his manifestation. Therefore, anything to be known is him to be known. Vittasi Vedyamcha 
paramcha dhamma you are the refuge of all that to be known and all that knowable you are the abode of all of them tvaya tatam visvam anantarupam by you in your infinite form pervade this entire jagat entire jagat of mine yours his hers and everyone else's my jagat is pervaded by him is the consciousness of mine your jagat is pervaded by him by consciousness of yours and so on and so forth eventually you can say he is all pervading tvaya tatam visvam anantarupam there are infinite forms and manifestations but you are the one who is pervading in all of them vayu yamah agnihi varunah sashankah prajapati hitvam prapitamahascha i now realize that you are the vayu you are the yamah you are the agnihi you are the varuna you are prajapati and you also prapitamah this is the first time you really hear the arjuna understand the concept of monotheism up till now he thought that the gods are many and each one has its own characteristics and we also hear in puranas they are fighting among themselves who is greater now we realize that no no he is only one he acts as many you are vayu you are agni you are yama yama lord of destruction agnihi varuna we all know this words varuna the god of water or ocean sashankah moon prajapati the creator himself and even creator's creator prapitamah everything that i can think of is you alone everyone is getting the power from you so swami explained in government everyone has their powers but they derive their power from constitution of united states you take that away from them they have no power right now trump has all the power it's not his power he derives the power from the constitution which says what are the rights and privileges of a president of country the moment he is out of that chair he is nobody arjuna said i now realize that you are all of that everyone is enabled by your power therefore namo namaste astu sahasra krutvah therefore i bow down to you thousand times infinitely now i understand i am so insignificant part of you that i surrender myself to you punacha buyo api namo namaste and again and again if you not listen last time that i said 100 times 1000 times again you know please pay attention to me i am bowing down to you punacha buya api namo namaste i surrender to you because you are the knower you are the knowable you are the vishnu you are the yama you are everything including my own self i realize that the grandfather is the creator's creator namaha purastad atha prustah taste let's make sure that we don't miss anything out says i bow down to in front prustah taste and also in the behind because i don't even know where is the front and where is the back you are everywhere wherever i turn just like the nanak story i don't know whether it's a real story or folklore but the nanak was at kaaba and he was sleeping with his leg towards kaaba so the maulvi come and say what are you doing idiot move your leg he said i'm not going to move leg you can move wherever you don't see kaaba move my leg 
So the guy picks up his legs and moves on the other side. He says, Kaaba on that side. He moves on the other side. He says, Kaaba on the other side. And the guy bowed down to Nanak. Wherever he turned, he sees Kaaba in front of him. Wherever I turn, you are there. So I don't know which is your front and which is your back. So I bow down to in the front. I bow down to your back. Namo namastu te sarvata eva sarvaha. And I bow down to you in everywhere. If you respect somebody, no matter what situation it is, you respect him. If you love somebody, no matter what situation it is, we love. Whatever the people we love, our grandchildren, our children, whatever, even they do mischief, we love that. And how cute it is. If somebody's daughter is a spoiled child. You know. <laughs> Parents are not paying any attention to him. Teach some, some discipline, you know. But our child does it. How cute it is, you know. Very nice. I learned that after my grandchild. I didn't learn that before that. You know. Everything we thought is, is not disciplining child. I understood. That's so cute. <laughs> well, we didn't have child for a long time. So. so he said that I'm bowing down to everywhere. No matter where you are, wherever it is, whatever it is, I find your presence, I bow down to. Ananta Viryam Amita Vikramastvam. You have infinite power in Amita Vikraha. An infinite prowess. Not only your power, but your prowess. Some of us have power, but no prowess. I tell people that sometimes people come to us and I have 10 years of experience. The question is, do you have 10 years of experience or 1 year of experience 10 times? Well, there's a difference. So having power means really not much, unless you have prowess. So Arjuna says, not only your Ananda Viryam, you have infinite power, but you have infinite prowess. Sarvam samapnosi tato asis sarvaha. And wherever you are, you are pervading the all. No matter what I see is pervaded by you. The God created this universe out of his own self. Then how far God is from his own creation? As far as I am from my own self. Therefore, wherever I see anything, I see you. You are pervading Everything in everywhere in everywhere. That's where we stop. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukha Shanti, 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 Hari Om, Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha, Hari Om.